should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because it was either this or the type of behavior that results in a court order to neuter a dog. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Benedict, who's all about that action, boss. Benedict, what's something that's making you happy today? Ooh, something's making me happy Uh-huh, today. what's got you happy? I'm happy. Um... <laughs> Not that. No. I hate oh, myself for that. Hater, so, big hater of Pharrell Williams. Got it. No, no. Got just it. I hate the fact that I sang it on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, it's recorded forever now. Yep. Well, now the, now the uh, podcast will be copyright sued, sure. <laughs> um, what's something that's making me happy? The thought of the Indian food that I ordered last night, of whose leftovers, leftovers I am going to eat really? this very evening. Yeah. I've been listening to you talk about that for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm happy about Indian it. Food. No, that's true. You can't. I'm also, that's what's on my mind. So if mm. you're gonna drop these questions on me, mm. you know that I'm gonna. I am like, I have a very short attention span, <laughs> as our listeners can probably tell. Yep. So if you go, hey, what's exciting? I'm gonna be like, well, what I was just talking about. That's exciting. I'll be fair, to me. that is normally how things go on this show. Yeah. I'll be honest yep, about it. Exactly. Yeah, yep. All right. What's making you happy what's making me happy benedict um there's an old friend of ours old old Mm. old friend by the name of glenneth and beck um (laughs) good stuff and he is putting out a new book and oh no 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 (laughs) this is making me very unhappy i am not saying that i'm not saying that we're going to be doing that i'm just Mm. saying he's putting out a new book it's upcoming um and on the cover of this new book is a photograph of George Soros because nice. our boy's going back to his roots. He's going Listen, back, playing back to playing the hits, baby. Yeah, back he knows to the Grammy where his winning album. Buttered, and he's going right for it. Uh, so that. I this came across. Somebody tweeted at me earlier today and showed me that the thing's coming. Um, it's the Great Reset. Joe Biden and the oh, rise of no, 21st century no, fascism. No, 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 yes, no, even no. you have heard the Great Reset conspiracy no, theory, haven't you? No, no. Even I have. You. Yeah, I am. I am. Look, I am as plugged into this at a surface <laughs> level as you are. I just don't fall down the rabbit hole. Oh yeah, I know all of the shit. You're not I into just the refuse deep cuts to like get I sucked am. into it. Yeah, I'm just like I. You know, I have to be vaguely aware of everything that's happening for this fucking show that we have to do every fucking week. Yeah. But you sound like you love I love so our much. listeners. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I, lo- I love chatting to you and I love our listeners. Mm-hmm. But I hate Say five more things you like about them. <laughs> <laughs> Name three albums they've done. Yes, guessed. yes. Uh, but this one's coming out tomorrow. It comes out oh, tomorrow. Shit. And do yeah, we, George Soros right there on the cover. I, I feel like we give him a break. Maybe we don't do sure. this book. We do his next book. And this is okay. one of those books, it's, it's got that Which will be out in out. like five months, yeah. for sure. Well, this one is by Glenn Beck and Justin Trask Haskins. So it's it's written by Justin Trask Haskins. It's not been written mm. by Glenn Beck, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ideated by Glenn Beck, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's got me happy, because you know how um, much I, I adore our boy. I do, I do, I do. Do we get to announce what our next book is going to be? I feel like... Um, I have not gotten my copy yet. It was delayed. Okay. Delivery was delayed. Can we... Can we tell the listeners what we're thinking, though? I we, think can, maybe, we can say, we if can. you want to say it, go ahead. Say it right here. Okay. Uh, let me get the author's name right first. Oh, come on. I, How I do you just, not know I this always... I thought you knew this guy. No, I do. I just forget his name. Oh, like, I forgot his name. One of Donald was, Trump's I, okay. biggest advisors, according I to that know, story but that I broke thought the it other was, day. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was D. Levin, not R. Levin. No, so no. I was making sure I got the middle name right. So, spoiler, folks. <laughs> American Marxism. By Mark R. Levin. Yep, yep. That's what we're thinking for the next Wouldn't it be book. great if his name was Mark R. Lenin? Ah, uh, would have been much funner. Would have been much funner. Marks R. Lenin. Oh, my <laughs> God. 
Yes, that is what we're looking at for the next book. I've been waiting to get my copy because uh, I like to do a skim through of all these books before we decide whether we're going to do them or not, whether they're worth it. I think this is a good one because obviously that story broke the other day uh, about Trump um, taking phone calls from Levin and t- taking his advice on matters of state, which no rational mm-hmm. human being should do. Um, so, you know. We're forever stuck in the time frame of Donald Trump and probably won't get out until the next horrible Republican president in three years from now. And uh, so we're we're stuck. We're stuck. We're stuck in an area of here. And I also think Mark Levin um, is one of the underrated figures of the modern right who doesn't get enough attention. Mm. I think he deserves much, much more attention than he does. He's another radio host who sort of. You know, Glenn Beck's the flashy young kid on the block. Um, Sean Hannity's got his nice TV show. Tucker Carlson, he's got his white identity politics. And uh, Mark Levin, a little bit of all that. Just skating by, nobody really paying much attention to it. So that's what we're looking at. We'll tell you for sure whether that's the case uh, probably by next week or so. But Benedict! He, I mean, he was like the heir to Rush Limbaugh for a while, right? Eh. Like, seen as, I don't know who way. I would say is the heir. I don't know who took over uh, Rush Limbaugh's time slot. On most Dan of the Bongino. radio station. Well, was that Dan it? Bongino, really? No. Was yeah, it really yeah. fucking Bongino? Yeah. That yeah. goddamn thumb with teeth. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's that's a dumb... That's... I mean, Rush Limbaugh was not a smart person, but that's putting a whole new level of dumb into my parents' radio diet. Mm. That sucks. Anyways, Benedict, you probably know, but uh, mm. some of the people out there, some of the listeners, they may not know exactly what it is that we do here on this program. Then I would say this is the show where we go deep, 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 deep in defiance of Benedict's Correct. anger to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from a work of conservative nonfiction and in between taking a look at other examples of the right doing their rest, best rest, doing their rest to make America hate again. Benedict. Do you have a hot mm. take for us this week? Yeah, it's that moving is fucking awful. <laughs> You're not even moving uh, yet. You're just looking no, for No, I know. Houses. That's the problem. We're just looking. Um, and it's, you know, just the, the, the rental market here is crazy at okay. the moment. And you chose because... New York City. No, I know. And I like it here. It's just awful that when you try and move and you're like, hey, can I see this apartment that you posted an hour ago? And they're like, it's gone. <laughs> Seems also, it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I very much liked your description that you told me of the place off air. I thought it was it was charming. That's good. Worth five thousand dollars for a shared bathroom flat. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I'm just pausing because I know it's annoying. Yep, (laughs) throw it off the rhythm. (laughs) Sorry. Lucky I have the power of the edit. Yep, I know. (laughs) Okay, all right. I'm gonna count myself in. Uh, What's your hot take? (laughs) What's my hot take? I'm leaving that all in. I'm not editing out a fucking second of it, you <laughs> dick. My hot take, Benedict, can we go back in time for a moment and try to yep. remember, just remember for a smidge. Do you remember? The entire right trying to argue that since flu deaths kill more every year than COVID, that it wasn't a problem. I just oh, yeah, feel like fun. it's just something that came across my mind recently that we haven't been paying attention to was sort of a big thing in the past. Um, and I, I just feel like, why are we not ridiculing them more for that? I really feel like it should be brought up more often. Well, the problem is that now, because of all the good things we've done, the death rate is actually similar. I, mean, I, like, I haven't it, looked it, at the it death certainly, rates in a while. It's, but. A, it's a, well, for vaccinated people. Sure, sure. It's, it's, it's mostly mild symptoms, thank goodness. Yeah. And, you know, there are exceptions to that who we should absolutely be looking after, mm-hmm. including people that are high risk and vulnerable. And, you know, we should be doing a whole, whole lot more. Benedict obviously. got shamed for saying, let the, uh, the weak, weak ones die on Twitter. That was his yes, big thing Yes, I am, in fact, week. the CDC director <laughs> that said those things. Um, but yeah, so, but, you know, for, for people that are lucky enough to, to not be high risk and, and to have had the vaccine, it's a very now, you know, relatively not as serious a disease as it once was. I hear you. We um, good, Ben Licht. We good. Yeah. So we did, we did good, 
but now everyone's everyone's going to rewrite how dangerous it actually is as yeah, a disease. Because we have a memory of fu- we have fucking goldfish memories in this. Country. I remember when sirens were going past. My, you know, I live on a quiet street. Like I remember <laughs> there were sirens sirens going past every. You know, we were clapping for healthcare workers yep. at seven o'clock every day because it was such a fucking. I I remember the banging pots and pans thing at yeah. my apartment in DC, and I remember like when that happened. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then. Uh, remembered that i had heard about it earlier that day and completely forgot by the time it happened i think you texted me like why is there such a ruckus (laughs) (laughs) anyways benedict on to housekeeping this week first remember to rate and review us on spotify itunes all those other lovely places that have star based mechanisms for uh, letting you tell us your feelings about the program. Uh, follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod on Twitter. And Benedict, this week, we have to welcome in some new patrons into our great family, into what you might call our spooky New World Order. Blah. I and would, this week, we, are jo- we have joining us David Garrido. Thank you so much, mm, David. You're now welcome. part of our New World Spooky World Order. Dave Barwick, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Thank you, David. Charles Dave. Truly. I guess. I don't Dave. know. One of Dave. Them. Dave. David. Let's assume Dave. We have a Dave and a David. I don't know. I feel All like right, uh, cool. Let's do it. at some point in their lives, they probably went by one or the other version or were called that. Sure. Charles Truly. They're in Truly. trouble. I'm going to assume that. <laughs> assume they're in trouble and call them David. Charles Truly, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Thank you, Charles. And Dodd Snow. Thank you so much. That's one word, Dodd Snow. You are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Or ma'am. Or whatever pronoun. Individual. Thank you very much, individual. Oh, Benedict. Just a couple of updates this week before we get on to today's topic. First off, um, you know, uh, I made a mistake. I made a boo boo on last week's show. Um, I said something about uh, communists teaching at Yale, uh, mm. which we know would upset Mr. Buckley. Uh, I did not know that Richard Wolff, noted communist, did in fact teach at Yale oh, at one really? point during his career. <laughs> so- Oops. <laughs> Once again, this is mostly a comedy podcast. And we I mean, don't always. Look, to be fair to Buckley, like, okay, that is a point in his favor of saying that Yale is going towards the commies, but, you know, he. <laughs> Wolf was probably like the only open communist to ever teach at fucking Yale. Because yeah, sure. there are five in our country, right? So, you know, that's uh, just a little thing. Also, Benedict, uh, little thing, the uh, the Rothschild share at Waterloo. I don't know if you're aware of this. This came mm. up, I believe, on one of our patron-onlys not all that long ago. Or maybe it was just something you and I talked about off-air uh, because of something I brought up in relation to our patron-only. But this goes back and connects to a lot of the uh, right-wing conspiracies about the Rothschild family and the, you know... Royal families of Europe and all this part of the weirdo conspiracy world that they have. Um, a Nazi propaganda film called The Rothschild Share at Waterloo, uh, which is where you get a lot of it. And I don't think they originated the conspiracy, but I think they propagated it. Uh, the conspiracy about the Rothschild family sending a fast ship across the channel uh, after the Battle of Waterloo to go and tell the Rothschilds what had happened at the battle so the Rothschilds could lie about it and then use that to buy up the entire British stock market. And that's why the Rothschilds. Child's own Britain and all of the other royal Famously. families. Yes, that's Famously. that's where that comes from. I think that came up on one of our patron onlys uh, reading uh, our, our book there, but I don't remember if it did or not. But just something that uh, also came across my desk the other day, and I wanted to wanted to talk about it. But Benedict, all that out of the way today. We all have, that out of the way today. We have a fun topic today. Okay, all right. Got to keep my energy levels up. Uh-huh. Get the serotonin flowing. Mainly it's been dark. It's cold. <laughs> It's going to be 20 degrees tomorrow in New York. So Main reason to- we're doing today's topic is because several weeks ago, I said we were done on this train for a little while. And then the and next just love to lie day, to people. the next goddamn day after I said that, uh, one of the people we had planned to do that was next on our list had done something stupid. And I was like, why the fuck did Always. I, why did I stop uh, doing that? So we are back. On our crazy people in Congress. Back tour. on our bullshit. Back on our yep, bullshit. Okay. Today we are doing Lauren Boebert. And cool. I will say, Benedict, I know this white trash because I dated this white trash. 
Lauren not and, her specifically. No, but my little though, brother yeah. who listens to the show knows exactly which ex I am talking about. Name and shame. <laughs> Actually, no, don't, don't, don't dox people. That no, bad. trust me, it would be major punching down to talk about yeah. her. I would not do that. But Benedict, Lauren Opal Bobert was born. Ooh. Opal, right? Isn't that <laughs> yeah. far too pretty of a middle name Classy. for her? <laughs> Classy. <laughs> was born December 15th, 1986. She is 35 years old. Sorry, I know. I just Can I just say my favorite mm-hmm. thing about Lambo? Yeah. But I think it's her. She is the one that challenged Madison Cawthorn to a foot race <laughs> to see who, who would get uh, think, Kyle, Kyle yeah, Rittenhouse right. as an intern. I think is you're that, right. Yeah. I think I don't I remember that. I don't remember who. It, it was either her or Green. I mean, there's nobody else who it could have been. No, it was, it was Laura yeah, Bobert. Yeah, I'm 90% sure. sure it was Laura Bobert. Uh, but she was born 1986. She's 35. She's only five years older than us, which is also another that's thing. Upsetting. That's, yeah, it's pretty upsetting. Uh, in Altamont Springs, Florida. No surprise there. And once you sometimes I do think we could get elected to Congress from just doing this. It's possible. Like I mean, <laughs> and uh, as as a Republican though, I mean, like if we just did. Oh, this if shtick, we just went like, hard right, I think if we just went yeah. put on an act. Oh yeah, we could definitely be elected. I to Congress. absolutely think we could get elected to Congress. Dude, you're you're an immigrant. You have that cred. They yeah. need all the tokens yeah, they can get. They do. That's true. I could be president. Actually, no, I can't be no, president. Can't. But I could be a senator. <laughs> They would rewrite the Constitution for me. I'm that powerful. <laughs> but uh, she was born in Florida, which makes a lot of sense. And then when she was around 12, her family moved to Colorado, first to the Denver area before going to Aurora, mm-hmm. and then eventually ending up in Rifle, Colorado in 2003. That is so fucking yep, good. Yep, Rifle, Colorado. You can't beat that. Yep. Where she's lived until, nope. uh, basically until she moved to D.C. to be in Congress. And we're hoping she goes back there very soon. Uh, and according mm. to a Colorado public radio report I found from after her primary, she claims to have grown up in a Democratic household, but that by mm. 2001, her mom was a registered Republican. So, I mean, that could be post 9-11 fear lash and the whole Bush love thing that happened after that. Um, oh, that happened a lot. Yeah, yeah. it could that be where lot. that happened. But she said, quote, my mom believed the lies, the failed promises and policies of the Democrat Party. Can you not do that? And because of that, we grew up very dependent. Well, she doesn't really have an accent like Green does. She just no, she, but I, she speaks I'm, like a valley I'm, girl. And I'm just telling yeah, you that I, know, I need it's you be bad to if not I try do, and do the accent. And because of yeah. that, we grew up very dependent on government. We don't need the heavy hand of government turning us into a nanny state. We need leadership that believes in America. Okay, so literally the classic talking points. That's, classic, and that's that's a lot yeah. of what she is, is inculcated talking points. It's, uh, you know, Ooh, I, nice. I put everyone on a spectrum, and a lot of it has to do with how old they are, right? We had our boomers when we talked about uh, Tommy Tuberville, right? He's in that boomer <laughs> state, brain is mostly mush. Um, and then uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene with her online conspiracy theories, and we're going to talk about that a little bit with Lauren Boebert here today, but there's a spectrum of where they are. And I think all the way to one side is Madison Cawthorn, who is just a, a I almost said walking uh, talking point, but you know, uh, a talking point. He's just a talking point. That's all he has. It's all he can parrot. He has nothing beyond that. Um, and, and Lauren Boebert is somewhere in between, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn on that spectrum. And so she also said that she broke out of this cycle, the dependence on government when she got her first paycheck. And that was, mm. of course, her high school job at McDonald's she was talking about while she was still living at home with her parents, who I'm sure paid for most of her living expenses. Well, also, I mean, the, the way, yeah, I mean. Yeah, 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 you know. The wage hasn't raised at McDonald's no, for a while. No, no, it hasn't. Well, it did, I mean, it has now, but it, ha- it didn't for sure. a while. But she dropped out of, co- of uh, high school her senior year to uh, take the assistant manager position at that McDonald's that she was talking about, uh, and later went on to work at a natural gas company that I think her husband was working at. That seems to be how she got the job there. I didn't find any details on that job, but I found a reference to her mm-hmm. being a filing clerk, um, and her, her husband's been in at natural gas since he got out of high school, basically. So it seems to be the case of what happened there before, uh, you know, opening a series of failing restaurants, as most of us know about, mm. if you know anything about her. And I will say she did eventually get her GED in 2020, okay. about a month before the Republican primary that she won, which... To be fair, also, the restaurant business is notoriously hard. Sure. I would, I will, I will say Sure, that. but I just want, look, I want to know, we've said it plenty of times, it's, you don't need to have a college education or anything like that, but I want someone in Congress to have at least finished high school. 
And I think Lauren Boebert is the sign of why. There, there are people, I'm sure there's people out there who can be plenty intelligent, who may have educated themselves. And if that person comes along and runs for Congress and is able to speak eloquently and understands the issues and can talk about them, then maybe I'll vote for them. But Lauren Boebert is not that. And mm. also, it was probably an asset not to it's have had an education. It's very classist of you, by the okay. way. Probably an asset not to have had an education in the particular race that she was running in. But like I said, okay. the restaurants are probably what she's best known for, right? As in 2013, she and her husband opened Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado. Cool. And this yep. is the restaurant that if you've heard of her or you know anything about her, you probably know about it because her staff is all walking around with guns on their hips. Which is just a gimmick. That It's 100% just a gimmick. And she claimed that the reason this all came about was because in 2013, a man was supposedly beaten to death by another man barehanded outside the restaurant, and she was worried about everyone's safety. And, mm. um, you know, it shouldn't be anyone's surprise that that's basically a total lie, with, as so many of these things have, a tiny kernel of truth. And she has made this claim multiple times. One of the times she did, it was uh, as follows, quote, when I became a business owner, I needed to protect myself. There was an altercation outside of my restaurant where a man was physically beaten to death. There were no weapons involved. He was beaten to death by another man's hand. I have a lot of young girls at work in my restaurant, and we needed an equalizer. I'm five foot tall. I barely weigh 100 pounds. I need something against a stronger potential aggressor to defend myself with. Talk about women's rights. Don't take a right my right away to protect myself. End quote. But, of course, this has been thoroughly fact-checked by multiple outlets, including the Washington Post and Snopes, who, of course, found out that she was lying. Snopes actually got a police report and a statement from the Rifle Police Department, uh, which is available on Snopes' website, as well as the autopsy report for the individual. <laughs> I know it's a place, but I keep thinking, right. like, oh, the Rifle Police. Okay, they're like the... The Rifle Police. They're, they're the coming to police your rifles, which Lauren That's what Libs want. Be very That's angry. what the Libs want. She would be very yeah. angry about the Rifle Police. Uh, she'd want to hold a rally against the Rifle Police. But as ha actually happened, um, 37-year-old man named Anthony Royal Green was found unresponsive on the 200 block of Railroad Avenue in Rifle, Colorado, which is not mm -hmm. the street that Shooter's Grill is on. Uh, it's a different street around the corner. And according to two witnesses, after police came and found the man, uh, they had seen him in an altercation with someone earlier that evening, uh, but in no way was he beaten to death. He died of a methamphetamine overdose. Now, was it called Shooter's Grill at the time? I believe it's been called Shooter's Grill since the very beginning. I haven't seen it referred okay, to as so, anything else. Okay, so marketing. Marketing. Smart marketing. It's all marketing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's That should be the tagline for everything. <laughs> I will say, just to be a, a tiny bit fair, right? It is possible that Bobert heard an entirely false version of the story from somewhere, never bothered to check into it, just heard, oh, you know, someone got beaten to death around the clock, blah, 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 and then went and got a gun. But So literally what she does now for Yeah, everything. I mean, we're going to hear her talk a little later in this episode, and yeah, basically everything she does is misremembering and then lying further about a half-overheard rumor. Um, but, you know, even if that was the case, that she believed that initially, I think repeating it during her campaign seven years after the fact, when the facts are publicly available... It's, it's pretty fucking dumb. It's really fucking dumb. Is it? Or is it exactly what you'd expect? In the, exactly. Exactly. Can it be a little column A, a little column B? Yeah. It be a little bit of both, I think. But that's not her only restaurant. Uh, in 2015, she opened the Putters Restaurant at a local golf course, which she sold the next year in 2016. I don't know if that's because it was failing or not, but all indications are probably yes. Is it still there? Uh, the restaurant? I don't know. I didn't bother to look into whether that still exists. And you call yourself a researcher. damn it! Take my life by uh, seppuku via beach ball after the show. Um, she also once owned a restaurant named Smokehouse 1776 across the street mm. from Shooters, but that has since closed as well. And of course, you know, you might have heard the story about how in 2017, 80 people who attended the Garfield County Fair became ill from food poisoning after eating pork sliders from the uh, tent they had set up by Shooters and Smokehouse 1776. And of course, they didn't even have permits to operate at the county fair. They just apparently went out there and set up and gave people food poisoning. You can do that when you have guns. 
Most people are going to challenge you when yeah. you end up doing that. Yeah. And, you know, Lauren's, Lauren's big claim to fame was basically violating Colorado health orders at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, which resulted in her restaurant license being suspended. That's, you know, sort of what gave her a lot of her, her notoriety back then. Mm. And, you know, it might have been more than just hubris that caused her to do so. Like I said, um, she's known for failing restaurants because last year, despite, you know, violating the law and not reporting as she was supposed to, uh, and then finally doing so in 2021, uh, she reported on her congressional disclosure forms that shooters had lost $143,000 in 2019 before the pandemic began and $226,000 in 2020. So 2020, obviously, there's some COVID impact there on those numbers, but six-digit losses in 2019 show there's something up there. There's there's not a great business at Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado. No. I mean, to be honest, it's a good name for the town. Sure. I mean, yeah, it matches the town. You know, maybe that was where she came up with the name, and then maybe she thought of the gun thing a couple months yeah. into opening. And the, Honestly, ah, we'll walk that's not bad marketing. Hips. That's not bad, Mark. Sure. That's pretty smart. I, I saw like one local news, it might have been a local news clip, it might have been something, I don't remember what exactly, but it was someone uh, who was like interviewing people and it was like, there was like a, a not immigrant, but like uh, tourists. There was like tourists mm-hmm. who were from out of the country who were coming and they're like, so uh, we were in Denver and somebody told us about it. We drove down here to see the restaurant where they have all the guns. It's like, okay. I don't know if you're going to yeah. have enough business to stay alive off of the gimmicky tourists coming to see the gun restaurant thing, but... I get it. Whatever. doesn't really matter. But, Benedict, I mentioned that she opened shooters with her husband. And, of course, mm-hmm. we have to talk about her husband. And, you know, a little bit of a content warning. Uh, sexual harassment, spousal abuse, exposure. These are very bad people. It should not mm. surprise you. Uh, but Lauren Boebert's husband, Jason, spelled with a Y, J-A-Y-S-O-N, uh, I bothers thought- me to no end. Okay, nope. is that is that better or worse? It's worse. Than, no, no, Whenever wait. your question finishes with, it's worse. <laughs> no, no, believe me, it might not be. Okay, so is that better or worse than if the Y replaced the O? So oh, J- you thought it replaced J-A- the O? <laughs> yeah, J-A-S-Y-N. Jason, Jason, Jason. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. That <laughs> might be a wash. That what about J-A-Y-S-Y-N? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've done prob- it. I found my child's name. <laughs> Jason is probably Lauren Boebert's soulmate because they are both absolute pieces of shit. And that, you know, we know how that goes so perfectly together. As best as I can tell, they met when Lauren was still in high school. Uh, And by the time Boebert, when when Lauren dropped out in her senior year, they already had one kid together. Now, I should note at this point that Jason is six years older than Lauren. Their oldest kid is 15 and was born when Laurent Boebert was 18. I say born when to emphasize the point that we have a 24-year-old at that point, who, unless the timeline works out in a very, very small window, which it does not, was having sex with a minor. And Mm. given some of the other behavior that we know about him, I see no reason to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I will say, to be completely honest, I cannot 100% verify in any way what I believe to be the case and what I found when I was looking into this. But um, the math very much seems to, you know, nobody, what I'm saying is there are no news reports that have said uh, Lauren Boebert's husband is a pedophile and he was sleeping with a 17-year-old when he was 24, Mm -hmm. okay? Which, look, uh, icky, icky, just gross. It's a different thing if this is like, there's the possibility they met in high school. Like if Jason was a senior when she was a, I don't know. Freshman is a little weird, but sophomore maybe I can understand that. I don't think we need to talk about this. It's, I'm just saying the fact that there's a six-year gap yeah. there, and every news story I can find says that she dropped out during her senior year at the age of 18 to be the assistant manager at the McDonald's because of the kid. I found a story in Salon that said she was 17 in 2004, which bolsters this argument. Her birthday mm-hmm. is in December. There just isn't math that makes this work without something. That was illegal. And I would say definitely immoral. Um, there, you know, yeah. when you're in your 20s, if you're a 26-year-old dating a 20-year-old, that's not weird. The, the, this age difference right here, what we have, a, this is weird. weird still. It depends. I mean, yeah. Still could be. But, you know, I'm just, I have to point it out because these are shitty fucking people. 
And of course, there was that time. It's 16. It's the age of age of consent. Is it 18 here? Still fucking gross. Still fucking gross. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Even if it's technically legal, still fucking gross. No, I I definitely agree with that. I just, yeah. Yep. 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 And of course, there was that time that uh, Jason exposed himself in a bowling alley to a minor. Uh, okay. In 2004, at a bowling alley that I could not find the name of, and believe me, I tried. I was really interested because I knew it was like yeah, it's a bowling alley. It's got to have one of those stair- strikes, or uh, I don't know, maybe it's shooters. <laughs> maybe that's the name <laughs> of the bowling alley. Maybe That'd she took the name of a restaurant from this bowling alley where her husband got arrested for exposing his penis to a 16-year-old. Uh, he was arrested and sentenced to four days in jail and got two years of probation. And the reports I found also said that Lauren was at this bowling alley and was unable to provide him with an alibi. She was unable to say, I didn't see him pull his penis out, mm. which bad, bad look. Yeah, not, not uh, but the incident is reported by one of the victims uh, to a statement in police, and that's been made public. I'm not going to say her name. I don't want to you know, name the victims yeah, of this. Not, let's not get into but, that. Uh, you know, Jason was apparently harassing a young woman at a snack bar when they were talking about tattoos. And then he said, hey, I have a tattoo on my dick. And they said, cool. At which point he decided to, I guess, prove it. Um, not his only run in with the law. Uh, in February of 2004, that same year, uh, he was convicted of domestic violence against Lauren uh, when he in some manner shoved, kicked or unlawfully subjected her to physical contact is the exact quote uh, mm. from this. And, and you know, look, uh, domestic abuse is never funny. No one ever deserves it. I don't care how bad you are. But Lauren did take her revenge in May 2004 when she apparently scratched his face and trashed his house. Um, and she was slapped with third-degree criminal assault, criminal mischief, and underage drinking charges for that. Okay. Lauren herself has had her own number of run-ins with the law. Uh, In June 2015, she was cuffed for disorderly conduct at a country music festival in Grand Junction, Colorado, Mm. after police said she was attempting to interfere in the arrest of minors busted for underage drinking. And I will say, I am on her side on this one. (laughs) Finally, something I can agree with Lauren Boebert on, those kids shouldn't have been fucking arrested for underage drinking. (laughs) That's just yeah. a dumb thing to do. That but is, that is true. I, every time you say miners, I'm th- I think of like coal miners. <laughs> Bobert is just hanging out with a bunch of people with smudgy black faces. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> apparently, Bobert was uh, my interpretation. I cannot verify this, but my interpretation is that probably drunkenly slurring at the police that uh, they had not been uh, read their Miranda rights and that the arrest was illegal. Uh, just for, That's not you know, how arrests work, right? Don't take legal advice sure. from a podcast, yeah. but I am a lawyer. I am not your lawyer. But uh, just so you know how Miranda rights work, they don't have to read it when they arrest you. They just then can't use any statements you make after the arrest but before being Mirandized unless they do. That's yeah. how that works. It's not an illegal arrest if you don't read the Miranda rights. Uh, but then she apparently also said to the cops, and I will quote this paraphrasing of uh, uh, <laughs> a guess at what she said. Okay. I have, I have a friend. I have friends. I have friends at Fox News, and they're this this gonna this gonna be national news. You're arresting me. It's me on Fox News. That's okay. apparently, according to this quote, non quote, that she probably said uh, over this arrest. She failed to appear twice in that matter before the charge was finally dismissed, probably because the prosecutor was like, oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah, and then I, which, <laughs> to be fair, is the to, correct response. Yes, is the correct response. The one that would not happen to a black person who was facing those charges. Exactly. But then in September of 2016, Lauren was then charged with careless driving and operating an unsafe vehicle after rolling her truck into a ditch. Uh, she, of course, on that, again, failed to show for court. And a warrant was issued for her arrest that time, and she was booked into jail in February 13th, 2017. Uh, on that one, she ultimately pled guilty to the unsafe vehicle charge, uh, and it sounds like they dropped the other charges uh, in response to that uh, plea of guilty on that. And she paid $125-ish in fines on that. Isn't that great? And then uh, September 2010, this is actually before the other ones, but I had it at the end of my notes. I don't know why. She was arrested another time after one of her neighbors accused Lauren's pit bulls of attacking her dog. Apparently, this lady's dog had to escape and jumped into a, ba- a van, uh, and uh, she pled guilty to a, to a single count of dog at large 
and paid a seventy-five dollar fine. Dog at large. I know. That, I is love that a that. real thing? That's a real thing. It was in the article that I read. I didn't bother Accidentally to go let my dog go. That's yeah, the, I didn't bother okay. to go dig into the court system and look it up. But yeah, dog at large was apparently the charge, which is pretty wow. great. It's pretty great. I like that one. But Bennett, of course, we wouldn't be talking about her unless she was an elected member of Congress because she, it would be because why down would we? It would, I, exactly. Yeah. But, so her first brush with fame first came when she rambled at Beto O'Rourke at a town hall about guns. And I have... Uh, that's okay. I, 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 To be honest, I've tried to ignore her as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So I remember that happening, but I didn't connect that that was the same person, I don't think. Well, Bennett, of course I have the audio of that. Of course and, you do. Um, the, the clip that I have is from Glenn Beck's show. And I think it was just like, you know, slow news day. They're looking for something to talk about. So the voice you're going to hear talking over this clip a couple of times is either Glenn Beck or his uh, weirdo buddy that's on the show with him. Okay, let's do it. Um, My name is Glenn, and um, I drove down here from Rifle, Colorado to speak with you today. Um, I was one of the gun-owning Americans that heard your speech and heard what you had to say um, regarding, hell yes, we're going to take your AR. Oh, God, that was the worst thing. Let's let's be respectful. Let's be respectful. So, first off, Beto there is going, let's let her finish. Let's let her finish. And that's, I mean, that's a good move. That's just, you got to do that. Yeah, that's classic politician fair. Yeah, politician. He's politicking. He's good. But you can hear the crowd is like, fuck this lady. Yeah. That was, to be fair, a dumb thing that Mm -hmm. Beto said for someone who wanted to be governor of Texas. Also true. Also true. Or a senator. He wants to be a senator. Now he wants to be governor. No, you're not. Nice. Um, Nice. So, um, I would like to know how you intend to legislate evil because it is not the gun, it is the heart of the man who does that. We all have. Stories, excuse me. I, let's 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 allow to, her to finish, okay. please, please, please. Pa- pause, please. It, pause, yeah. it, pause it. Pause <laughs> it. Pause it. Yeah, let's not allow her to finish. To be fair, that is brave of her to do. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she was carrying a gun at this event yeah. where she spoke with okay. him. So I don't know how much bravery there is going on. No, there. but like you know, she she went into enemy yeah. territory for sure. I, look, like, I, I can. She. We can never say that. Um, uh, she doesn't have chutzpah. We can we can never chutzpah. accuse her of not being bold. We will never be able to do that about Lauren Boebert for sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you heard you heard Glenn Beck talking about. Oh, how awesome was that? Hearing Glenn talk over that that was just classic. Nice. That was so good. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that was classic Glenn. So I mean, she, how, how are you gonna how are you gonna legislate the hearts of men? She doesn't realize Shut that up. she's actually you know, giving the point of the other side that you, you can't legislate the hearts of men, which is why you legislate. Yeah. The which tool. is why you legislate the means, <laughs> the, the tools the, of men, the men yeah. with evil hearts are going to use to kill people. So that's yeah. where she really had her first brush with national notice. That's the only time that I can find before, uh, she actually started organizing and getting involved, uh, and, in, in sort of, I think preparing for the 2020 election, uh, that she came to, to be noticed by anybody. And that was in September of 2019. And then in December of 2019, she organized a We Will Not Comply rally in Colorado against Colorado red flag laws, which are laws, of course, that are meant to take away guns from people like her husband who abuse their spouses because mm. that's yep. the kind of people yep, yep. who end up murdering people. And uh, mm-hmm. But often. yeah, More often you know not. how great that is. But her rally, of course, uh, included the very types of people you would expect. Um, the Three Percenter Militia, a violent extremist militia group, and of course, the Proud Boys. Because who else mm-hmm. are you going to have come to an event like that? And then shortly after, she announced her intent to run against then-incumbent Scott Tipton, who she criticized for being unsupportive of Donald Trump. It wouldn't surprise you to learn that Tipton voted with Trump 95% of the time and had a regularly you know, very conservative score. It absolutely score. <laughs> would not surprise me. <laughs> because reality does not matter, Benedict. It really no, doesn't. And I'm, I, often vote, I, I was going to recommend it probably as my book uh, next week to recommend, but I'm reading a great book right now uh, called, uh, I, I have it sitting right here, A Lot of People Are Saying is the name of this book, and it's about the new conspiracism. And it's about how okay. it doesn't rely on uh, the, the old conspiracism um, sort of strategies of taking things and twisting them or trying to deny facts that are against you. It's just this trend mm. of a lot of people say. 
and you don't you don't need yeah. to worry about reality. When Many you go to people that track. are saying. Many people are saying, and I I think that's so enlightening. Uh, but so she now she was gonna run. And uh, that's when I went to look at her campaign website, and that's why I put in my notes here, wow, her campaign website is so empty, because mm. her campaign... Because the Republicans in 2020 did not have a policy platform. Well, true, so. but this is her current campaign website, right? This, this is what it is right now. And I went, for just for reference, I looked at the campaign websites of Ami Berra, who was my uh, congressman in California, where I grew up, where my parents live, and he has on his website and on the issues section... And a the latest section and all this stuff. And I went and looked at Cori Bush, my current Congress member's website. She has a section about the issues and where she stands on the issues. Lauren Boebert does not have a section about the issues. She has home, about Lauren, news, media, and get involved. And none of those in any of the sections, I looked through the whole website, none of them have any detail about what she, it has blurbs. It has, you know, blurbs. That's it. Making history. Lauren yeah. became the first mom to represent Colorado's third district in Congress. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing there. Pro-gun small business owner. There's a paragraph that says she went to September 2019 Beto's rally and told him you won't take our guns. It's on yep, her website. It. And there's there's just no policy platform. There's no nothing like this that you find on any other member of Congress's website, their campaign website. She just doesn't have it. Because... No. I mean, let's be fair, she doesn't have anything to say about anything. Also, the thing that really annoyed me was she doesn't have uh, a browser tab icon for her website. So it's just that little, you know, gray world that pops up when a website doesn't have one of those. Mm, That annoys the shit out of me so much, and I have no idea why. (laughs) But so uh, she won her primary 56% to 45% against uh, Scott Tipton. And in the general election, uh, she won with 51% of the vote against Democrat Mish Bush. Uh, And after that election, she has, of course, disclosed that she paid herself a suspicious amount from her campaign fund for mileage, which... Yeah, yeah, I remember After people started noticing, her campaign then adjusted to attribute some to hotels and others to Uber Mm, trips and... Travel. Yeah, yeah, you know, other stuff going on. And, of course, I mentioned, despite being required to report by law about her own and her family income, uh, she did not report her husband's income uh, until this last year when it was revealed that he made a half a million dollars from a natural gas company mm. while Lauren sits cool. on the Committee on Natural Resources. Not to mention right. that the company he owns, uh, Bobert Consulting, is delinquent with the state of Colorado. <laughs> so that's a little bit of another problem cool. there as well. And... I mean, I would care a bit more about that, about her being on the Natural Resources Committee if Lauren wasn't completely irrelevant. I, I really, she, she's not. And she never will be relevant. And I would say, go again to her Congress website, which shows all the bills that she has sponsored since she's been in Congress. And like the other people we've talked about in the past, she's sponsored some bullshit, some yeah. real dumb bullshit. And every single one of them, without fail, has died immediately. Mm-hmm. Nothing has ever happened to them. They will never move forward. No one will ever give a shit about them. I mean, there's some dumb shit in there. Like, for example, I think one of her more recent ones, the, oh, her most recent right here. We're not paying you to break our laws act. Cool, yeah. Isn't that Good great? one. Yep, yeah, nailed it. Yep. Really crushed Protecting crushed our it. kids from harmful research act, which I didn't click on, but I assume is about vaccines. And then... <laughs> Uh, in October, she introduced the Stop AOC Act. Mm, good, yep. Which has yeah. nothing to do with Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, fun. She just found a way to come up with a dumb acronym that was AOC. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it actually stands for the Stop Appropriations for Obsequy Cost Act. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> Great. Yeah, very smart. Well done, everyone. In addition, of course, to the many uh, impeachment resolutions she has introduced in Congress that, again, will go nowhere and are completely meaningless. Mm-hmm. So what does she stand for, Benedict? I hear you asking. I you didn't. But I'm sure you're going to tell me anyway. Guns! Yep. Exclamation point. That's what she stands for. Guns! It's what she wants. Uh, she's, of course, against the U.S. Department of Education, like so much of the far right, because they don't need none. And, uh, of course, the popular vote she's very much against, despite tweeting over this last weekend that it is one citizen, one vote. Mm. Apparently oblivious of the context of that phrase. And Benedict, I'm disappointed to have to tell you Mm. that she does not, in fact, believe in QAnon. Oh, are you sure? Well... I, I'm actually not being sarcastic there. Yeah. She does not believe in QAnon. And I will I will say there are plenty of people out there who think that Lauren Boebert is part of the QAnon crew. And yeah. I do not. I legitimately do not. 
Uh, and they believe this mainly because she went on a program called Steel Truth mm. on YouTube, which is a QAnon-supporting YouTube show. Absolutely, that show has not hid its support for QAnon. Um, and on that, Bobert said that she was, quote, very familiar with QAnon. And she said further, quote, everything I've heard of Q, I hope that this is real because it only means America is getting stronger and better. Mm. And I think the one way, you know, she's never said much about it after that other than to say, I don't believe in this QAnon bullshit, right? She had a statement put out on that after people pointed out, oh, you went and said some good shit about Q on this, this YouTube show. Mm. But... Unlike Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think that's where you have to show the differences. Okay. Marjorie Taylor Greene absolutely believed in and probably still believes in QAnon. Yeah. I, uh, she says the same stuff now as she said back then. She posts wackadoo bullshit conspiracy theories like Jewish space lasers. Mm-hmm. And she does all that same stuff. And, you know, there are similarities and differences between Marjo and Lauren because they're both know-nothing extremists. But their extremism takes different forms because of a number of things. And for one, Bobert, unlike Green, still has at least a partially functioning brain. You know, Green's brain is like somebody tried to make a potato clock by dumping a russet into a bowl of vanilla pudding. And Bobert's is too, but at least they stuck some pennies in the potato first, right? So Green is 10 years older than Bobert. Bobert's only 35. I think we said I think Green is 47. Something Last like I looked that, yeah. it up, I don't remember exactly. And, you know, Bobert has some relative familiarity with the internet because she grew up in that time mm. where people understood. And based on everything I can tell, she knew QAnon was bullshit, but she sort of thought she could get some votes by praising it and putting out that vague. Yeah. Because she, she realizes how batshit insane her own party is. Mm-hmm. She knows that. She knows they're into this fucking QAnon bullshit, and she knows she has to fucking pretend to be in favor of it so she doesn't lose the wackadoo contingent. Mm-hmm. And unlike Green, like I said, she doesn't have a history of promoting conspiracy theories continually online, at least not the same kind. I mean, both of them believe in the election hoax, but Bobert, you know, never, you know, harassed a, a survivor of a mass shooting because she believed that the shooting was faked or some bullshit. Yeah. And she just thinks that California didn't rake their forests well enough and those kids deserve to die because what are they were doing in school yeah. without their nine millimeters, different, right? Different, worse conspiracy. Not worse, but right. different, differently right. bad conspiracy. Right, differently bad. No Jewish space lasers, just rake your forests. Green's a wacko. Bobert's an idiot with the self-confidence that only comes from being completely wrong on all mm. the issues. Mm-hmm. It's like the only way to really get to that point. And based on what I can tell, and this is something I don't think anyone's really talked about, I think Bobert, even though at the beginning they sort of tried to do an anti-squad thing. They that did, they were, yeah. I remember Yeah, that. they sort of did try that, but it fell apart pretty quickly. And she seems to avoid Marjo as much as possible. Because... Even she realizes that Marjo is so embarrassing that that she can't be seen around her. She can't be photographed with her. But for some reason, she's still willing to support people like Paul Gosar, who is, I will argue, way creepier than Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Paul, Paul Gosar is the suspect. Name a crime, he's the suspect. And you know what? He probably did it. Gosar probably fucking did it. <laughs> And so, you know, what is what has Bobert done for us lately? Well, she voted to overturn the election, you know, on the day of January 6th, she tweeted today is 1776, just a few hours before the attack. That morning she gave a speech which included, "Madam Speaker, I have constituents outside this building right now." She could not possibly have known how correct she was yep, in that. Very, very much so. And then of course, there was her recent racist story about Ilhan Omar, mm. which I think we've uh, all heard. Yeah. Of course, she told this bullshit story about getting onto an elevator with Ilhan Omar, and it takes various forms. But in one, a security guard ran over and was worried. And Ilhan, or uh, not Ilhan, but uh, Bobert said, "Oh, don't worry, she doesn't have a backpack because it's a suicide bomber joke, yeah, and she's just very funny, just a piece of shit, just such a piece of shit." But Benedict, there's some fun stuff as well. Okay, let's do um, the fun stuff. Let's do some fun stuff. I mentioned she has been supporting Paul Gosar, and I found one video of a one-minute floor speech. Let's do and just, it. I want you to just see how video. much she crams into this fucking one-minute Okay, I'm a quick talker, so let's see. All right. Hey, Madam Speaker, Democrat policies are so pathetic, 
and have done so poorly that the left has nothing else to do but troll the internet looking for ways to get offended and then try to target members and strip them of their committees. Yeah, okay. This is a dumb waste of the House's time. Mm. But since the Speaker has designated the floor to discuss members' inappropriate actions, shall we? She does a little wrist flourish when yeah. she's in a, in a, a neck shrug when she says, shall we? Yeah. It's just great. Jihad Squad member okay. from Minnesota has oh, yeah. her husband and not her brother husband, the other one, over a million dollars in campaign funds. This member is allowed on the Foreign Affairs Committee while praising terrorists. Mm. How about people who are on the National Natural Resources Committee where their yeah. husbands are making Look, half a million nobody, dollars? Nobody said from... hypocrisy wasn't allowed, Kevin. Nobody said. Also, uh, all that's a, obviously a bunch of horseshit conspiracy theory nonsense, right? Yeah. A Democrat chairwoman incited further violence in the streets outside of a courthouse. And then... She did not no. at all. That's some bullshit. The cherry on top. My colleague and three-month presidential candidate from California, who is on the Intelligence Committee, slept with Fang Fang, <laughs> a Chinese spy. Mm. Let me say that again. A member of Congress who receives classified briefings was sleeping with the Florida. enemy. This is Sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> That's she yeah. crammed a lot of bullshit into one minute, did she not? She very much did, yeah. That was that was three right-wing talking points. An impressive amount, to be fair. Also, I realize at this point in the show, I should have mentioned earlier uh, that I am in the process of changing up my whole audio setup uh, here at uh, Shea Kevin. Uh, and so things are going to sound different for the next couple of weeks as I go piece by piece, replacing things and levels need to get fixed because uh, I just looked at my waveform on the computer and I see uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's different. It's, it's different. I don't know how it's going to sound, but it's definitely got real big. different. Got real big yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, got real big, got real big. But Benedict, one of the other things that Lauren Boebert does, and this is a more recent development, uh, starting back in September of last year, she started putting out videos on her YouTube page. And I will say, her YouTube page is a goddamn treasure trove for you and I. There is Great. so much material in the public domain on a representative Congress's YouTube page to be used. She just tweeted um, it out, is what you're saying? Well, we worked on well, this story for a month and she just tweeted it out. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be dipping back into the well from time to time, is what I'm saying about Lauren Boebert's uh, YouTube page. So she has been putting out a program she calls Bullet Points with Lauren Boebert, and the only way I can describe this is she's still pissed that she never heard back about her SNL tape. She sent it to Lauren, and she just hasn't heard anything, and she really thinks she could kill it on Weekend Update. She really, I mean, this is. If Sarah Palin leaned into it, mm. that's what Lauren Boebert is. Yeah. It's it's astonishing. She was it's pissed that she was fucking astonishing. Parodied, so I think she she just wanted to be like invited on, I guess. Oh, but Bernie, this is the thing. She sounds like parody. Yeah. That, and and I'm not the first person to say this because her videos have about 2000 views. The the bullet points video she puts out on YouTube. The Jimmy Kimmel video from a week or two ago where they said we told people that this was actually an SNL sketch and asked if they were being too mean to Lauren Boebert. That one has, I think, a couple hundred thousand or million views. Okay. And, and I mean, here, I'll play it. You'll listen to it. It really is something. Let's go. Oh, by the way, this one is Bullet Points Episode 2, and it is titled, in the boomerist way possible, Talib Biden <laughs> fighting Democrats, big spending, and more, all uppercase. I'm Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, and these are my bullet points. Mm, not even talking points. Great. Oh, line. yeah. Then we well, go into is... the hip music sting for the intro. Yep. The speeded up footage of her being handed papers that are absolutely blank yep. by people walking down the hallway with her. Close in shot on the sparkly heels. Um, and then, goddamn you for using fucking funk. The music of a people you want to oppress. The disaster that is Joe Biden continues to rage. The natural with disaster? some reporting he's developed from a typical storm to a full-on Category 5 okay. disaster. Time out. Okay, that was the premise to a joke that did not finish. Yeah. She did not finish the joke. She was so close. She was so goddamn close. Yeah. <laughs> but you can hear how 
She thinks she's doing Weekend Nailed Update. And apparently, next to her face is an image of like a map of the United States with a hurricane coming into Florida and Biden's face in the middle of that I hurricane. I can picture it. I can absolutely picture <laughs> you it. You can't. They're exactly doing Weekend Update like. yeah. so poorly, so goddamn poorly. Let's take a look at his carnage. Our relationship with France, they've pulled their ambassador. Our energy okay. sector. Does anybody remember that now? now? No, nobody cares. No. Nope. I'll rely on OPEC instead of the American roughneck. That is absolutely not true. America is at a record high since the Great Recession. Also Our country kind of is being invaded with over 1.5 million illegals crossing That's this not year nice. alone. Our children are being taught to hate each other because By of their skin color. Lauren? Never mind they're masked and bound in school. Bound? They're masked and bound Jesus. in school, Benedict. Gagged they're masked and, and, bound and bound in school. Literally. I'm, I'm surprised she didn't say gagged and bound. Total- Honestly. Yeah, I right. object- that would have been better. She should have done. Mm. Being wokeified. Then... You, know, you you talked over part of it, but yes, our military is being wokeified. Well, I presume this came out when uh, Mark Milley gave his speech. To... Uh, this was October. This one came out in October of last year, yeah. October twelfth, which I think is around when Milley, General Milley gave his speech, saying like, "I do want everyone to read critical race theory because I think it's yeah, important see, to I read think ideologies that's around that, time. that that you do. like." I've read Marx, for example, mm-hmm. and then yep, he got. I think he then got called a Marxist. Which is very funny. <laughs> There's real carnage. Talibiden literally put the terror. Benedict. Talibiden. No, I will cry. There's I, a picture. If you make me talk about it, I will cry. Do they put him the in a turban? next to her head. Is it Biden, is Biden in a turban? No, okay. it's Biden at the Oval Office desk, surrounded by Taliban. Great. Perfect. <laughs> Terrorists. Before American citizens, he provided America's state-of-the-art military equipment to folks who chant death to America. Nope, those and were old Russian helicopters. savages a hit list of Americans, their names, and their locations. That's just made Joe up Biden bullshit. endangered American citizens, and his recklessness led to the death of 13 of our brave American soldiers. His regime created the most well-equipped terrorist regime in the world, and they've got to go. Instead of taking responsibility I, for this, this is crisis, too much for me. Biden turned it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. Yeah, it's just like this is of the white sands in Wilmington, Wait, Delaware. It gets so good. That's right. He went to the beach, but look, motherfucker. Okay, old, pause it for Joe a second. <laughs> For just a second. It's like, you know, the best part is coming. I do. You need a minute. No, you need I, a minute. I, I do need a minute. But this is, so this is like the one-sided version of a conversation that you have with someone like this, where you, you're like, oh. oh, but what about this thing? Like, what about this cu- counterpoint? And then they just yeah. move on to something completely different and not related. Yeah, it's a, it's a gish gallop. Yeah. It's a gish gallop. Yeah. If, if you don't, a Gish Gallup uh, was named, I don't remember the name of the guy, but his last name was, I think his last name was Gish. Uh, he was this uh, pastor who would go and get in arguments with people. And his strategy was to move so fast from A to B to C to D that no one had the time to deal with his points. This is what That's Ben really Shapiro does, by the way, also. Right. And me. It's, just, it's, it's also what I do. <laughs> but no. But so, my points Benedict, are good and you shouldn't, you shouldn't take that as anything. <laughs> What this also is, and what this makes me so excited for, there was a brief moment of, I think, like six weeks uh, in the United States, back in the early to mid-2000s, in which Fox News tried to do their own version of The Daily Show. Mm. They really fucking did. And it was a horrible, nightmarish, unfunny train wreck Mm -hmm. that I have been desperately trying to find videos of for us to do on this show! There are some compilations out there. That would be great. But they, they like, they murdered everyone who was part of that program, buried the original tapes. They have been trying to make sure it never sees the light of day again. Because, I mean, conservatism is just inherently unfunny. What was it called? It, we, uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, hold on. Oh, it was the Half Hour News Hour. They called it the Half Hour News Hour. Extremely witty. Yeah, yeah, no, it it, it was dumb. Um, I just pulled up the Wikipedia page, and the first one went on uh, February eighteenth, two thousand seven. Um, the second aired on uh, March fourth, two thousand seven. Um, and then it was canceled by September. <laughs> 
How often was it on? Uh, I don't know. It says there were 13 episodes. So there were 13 episodes of this show from February. You know, it might have been every other week, every other weekend or something like that. So they know. took, a, they gave themselves a whole week to write this half hour show. Yeah, Benedict. When, and it was still When shit. we finally do the episode on conservative comedy that I have been putting together Can't forever. Wait. <laughs> we're going to have to do some of this. It's so good. But here, we're almost at the best part of this Lauren okay. Bobert video. It's, it's, it's too good. This is the last video, yeah. right? Yeah. Up, yeah, okay. He went to the beach, but look, I want old Uncle Joe to have as much time at the beach as possible. In fact, my impeachment articles would totally free up his schedule. Should that happen? A quick PSA for Hunter. The white fluff is sand, not cocaine. <laughs> oh, God damn it. What the fuck is this woman? What the fuck no, is the, she? The, this is this is genuine. You're right. This is an attempt at Yes, comedy. this is a member of Congress. This is her this is SNL. Her SNL this is her SNL audition tape. That's what the fuck. Because here's the thing. I can see Colin Jost delivering that joke. Like a form of it that's written better and has better timing and doesn't have that end of every sentence going up like Lauren does. Like, I don't even care about that. It's just not funny. It's not that funny. It's a dumb one-liner that because there is a, and Benedict, I should have told you, there is a photograph floating in the air next to Lauren's head of Hunter Biden with a long straw snorting seafoam. Mm. Yeah, that's what that is. That's what that is. Oh, it's seafoam, not even sand? No, Do well, it with the sand. my it's interpretation of what I'm looking at is it looks like seafoam more than it does sand. Gotcha. Well, okay. But this is these people. This is what the fuck she is. It's just, yeah. she is personified, um, confident outrage without mm. any idea of how stupid her actual beliefs are. That's yeah. what makes someone like this. And there are so many things we could talk about about Lauren Bobert, Lauren Bobert that we just don't have the time to because, you know, the way we do this program, I always try and fit it into about an hour. And, and we're there. We're at the end of time. I, I made it this week. But, uh, yeah, ish. ish, yeah, you know, I keep it under an hour and 10, but, uh, yeah. there's, there's so much we could talk about, but I, I think Lauren, it's between Lauren Boebert and Madison Cawthorn, they epitomize what the next generation of conservatives are. Lauren Boebert is a bit slicker and better put together than Madison Cawthorn. Just a bit, not a bunch, just a bit. But she's a bit older. She's had a little time to, right. to work she, on She it, has right? a little so bit more of that time. stagecraft. Because she's been doing outrage theater for longer than Madison Cawthorn has, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what you end up with. Someone using their election to Congress to fulfill their personal dream of doing a weekend update sketch. That's It's literally like she's just given herself a captive audience, yeah. basically. Is well, what, I wouldn't say happened. so much because, again, this video only has 1,400 views. Fine, but she's guaranteed that at some point a camera will be pointed at Yes, her absolutely. By, by a professional. By fucking C-SPAN from time to yeah, time. Exactly, exactly. So while, while Marjorie Taylor Greene goes and embarrassingly sits down with Matt Gates and talks about forehead cream or whatever those two fucking idiots do. Lauren's out her, here doing her solo act because mm. she recognizes even she doesn't want to be associated with those fuckers. And she's right. I can't fault her for that. She's not incorrect about how embarrassing that would be. But Benedict, that's what we got today. That's Lauren Boebert. I hope you learned something. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Is, is it possible? <laughs> I, think, I think there were a sure. few facts in there that you picked up that you didn't have before. Um, I like to think that from time to time I bring some new information. I do. I do seriously believe that she does not uh, support QAnon. I, I, I don't think she does. I think she's just a little bit too aware of the real world to believe in QAnon. And I don't think Madison Cawthorn does either. I think they're both just opportunistic and know that they need to yeah. pander and never say out loud that they know it's bullshit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, th I think that's right. You know, I think all of it's pandering. And like all Except of Except for Marjorie Taylor Greene. She a thousand percent believes it. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe now that she's in government, she's like, wait, where's all the secret spy shit that I thought was going to happen? And maybe she yeah. realizes now it's false. But up until she that point, yeah. she was a hundred percent on board. 
But that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode. That's only $4 a month because we only charge you twice a month. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, including our new ones, David Garrido, Dave Barwick, Charles Trulier, Dodd Snow, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Ellie Bartlett, Lisa, Tarn Somerville Fletcher, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver. I've got to come up with some fun inflections for those early ones, yeah. too. I've got yeah, to do yeah. something up there, because it's just, I can't go all the way through to, and then Glowrung's the first one with a funny inflection? It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. No, Big easy blasphemy. Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taro Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Waterson, and George Soros. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, remember, two parts Listerine, one parts water is a drink. Goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.